Switch Radio Sport. This is Switch. Good evening. I hope you're doing well. It's Josh Samuels here with the latest edition of the Women's Football Podcast here on Switch Sport. And it gives me great pleasure to say that I'm joined by Wolverhampton Wanderers women defender and captain Anna Price. So welcome to the show, Anna. Hi, Josh. Great to have you on the show today. And I can't wait to hear your take on what's been quite a legendary career. But first things first, let's start with more recent events. So the season coming to a premature and abrupt end due to coronavirus, of course, meant that you ended up missing out on the league title and, of course, the promotion that would have come with that, despite, as we know, really romping it for the entirety of the season. So what was your reaction to all of those events? Obviously, when we heard the news, we were devastated as a as a team and a club of what what decision had been made um you know we'd worked so hard tirelessly you know all season um staff and players um so you know i'd be lying if i said we weren't heartbroken at the time when we heard the news but obviously it's been it's been enough time now to kind of put it to bed get over it and we're all raring to go um ahead of the new season coming up so if anything it's probably made us more motivated to make sure that we get the job done again and the hard work that we've been putting in the last two seasons really won't go to waste. So, yeah, it's fueling it, fueling us to, to, to do it again, you know, with the disappointment of it all. Well, I can't argue with that mentality at all, but I was just wondering whether you felt that cancelling the season altogether, completely wiping it off the face of the earth as though it never happened, was the fairest way to go about things. Because we've seen in other divisions and other countries that they've either been able to restart when it was safe or even like we saw with some of the lower professional leagues in England, of course, in Scotland as well, doing things on a points per game basis. So do you think that some of those alternatives would have been a fairer way to settle the season? I think when the decision was made, it was quite early on in the whole, um, the grand scheme of kind of COVID and, and what's been going on. So, you know, personally, could the decision have been made a little bit later in terms of whether we could have potentially continued last season when, when it was safe to do so? Or like you say, the, the points per game option. I think cancelling it and voiding it all together was, you know, all the hard work, the money that goes in, the time, the effort by players and staff, volunteers, to to just void the season was just really tough to take. And I know, you know, ideally no one wanted to void the season and there was bigger things going on at the time, obviously with COVID and um, what was happening, you know, around the world and still is. Um, it was like the least of your worries. So you didn't want to be um, being insensitive in terms of what was going on in the bigger, bigger picture. But, yeah. you know, it was quite a... Quite a bold statement, I thought, to do. Um, you know, especially in the position we were in. You know, we'd, we'd nine points clear with a game in hand, and um, you know we we're towards the the final third of the season. You know, seven games to go, I think it was. Um, so yeah, it, it was it was a tough one to take, uh, like I said, and you know, ideally. <laughs> I would have loved the season to continue when it was safe to do so or the other option, like you said, in Scotland, etc., where they took the points to, per game. But obviously it wasn't meant to be, so that's we've, we've accepted it now and we've got to, we've got to move on from it. It's happened. Um, we're raring to go, preparing in the right way, ready to do, do it again, if not better, for next season. 
Well, we will come on to how you're preparing for the new season a bit later on, but let's rewind from the present day right the way back to the beginning of Anna Price. So tell me, what was life like for you growing up, first of all? Yeah, you know, I had a great childhood. I loved my sport from a very young age um, and then obviously went into football, but I've always loved a range of sports and played a lot of sport growing up. I had a, a good upbringing, supportive parents, Parents that love sport, family that, that love sport as well. So, yeah, it was, uh, it, yeah, I had a, I had a great childhood. <laughs> so talk me through your first memories of football then. So in terms of football, my brother, my older brother was a talented footballer. So ever since I was in a pushchair, I was down watching my brother playing for his local football team. And then he obviously progressed and played at a good level. So I've always supported him. Uh, when I was growing up so that kind of got me involved in it really um, you know just playing in the garden being his annoying little sister following him <laughs> down the park with his with his friends playing football and you know begging to play and you know I, I just got into it from that so that was when I was about you know seven or eight I started to 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 play football and um, yeah so it started at primary school I played um, with the boys, so myself and another ex-Wolves player, Amber, we went to primary together and we uh, we were meant to be playing netball. The girls did netball, the boys did football, you know, but girls didn't play football when I was younger. It was, you know, that, that stereotype of girls do the netball, but the PE teacher at the time let us join the boys boys team. And yeah, so that's where it started, really. My mum tried to take me down to a local football club, but... They wouldn't have me because I was a girl, unfortunately. They said that um, there wouldn't be anyone to take me to the toilet, which was a little <laughs> bit random, really. Uh, but at that time, there wasn't what there is now. There wasn't like um, a lot of the local girls' teams that there are now, the wildcat sessions at Run, which are fantastic. That just, you know, wasn't happening back then. So um, I just settled for playing at, at primary and then my mum saw an advertisement for a, a champion coaching, which was like a... A set up by Mark Williams that fed into the Wolves girls. So I went down to there when I was in year four, so I was eight going on nine. And then from then I, I, I moved into to the Wolves girls and was able to ap- actually represent Wolves at under 12s because back then again they didn't have under 10s, they had under 12s. So we just trained um, myself and Amber, who I'd gone to primary school with. We went together and, and, and it started from there really. And of course, it's a common theme amongst female footballers that when they were younger, football wasn't really considered to be an option for them. And as you've just said, you were no different. But is that something that you've only been able to recognise in retrospect? Or were you really aware of that stigma at the time? I think as a child, you're not. You know, I didn't... I know there was not many other girls playing, but I just loved it. I was at, I was getting the opportunity to play, so I didn't really feel that there was a stigma looking back and being a kid, you don't really think about it. I don't think, I don't know. I didn't really think I was doing anything that wasn't normal. It, it felt really normal to me to want to play football and to play. Um, so that's what I did, really. I didn't, you know, I wasn't one of these that thought, oh, you know, girls aren't meant to be playing, I'm going to prove them wrong. I just love playing football and... I was given the opportunity to do so, so so I cracked on and did, and I've loved it ever since, really. <laughs> I like the fact that your earliest memories are playing football, because 
I would say almost everyone that you speak to, players, fans or otherwise, their first memories are often watching a game. So were you the sort of child that preferred to be playing football as opposed to watching it? Well, I watched a lot of football as well as, as playing it, I guess, with, like I say, with, with having an older brother. So I was watching him. He was a big Man United fan. So at that time, you know, that's when Man United were kind of dominating Premiership and Europe. So couldn't really get away from watching Man United. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But, um, yeah, you know, I love playing. I, I was outside playing all the time. Kick-ups, I used to... Love, play, love just doing kick-ups outside from the age of like seven or eight, kicking the ball against the wall. I know it's a bit cliche, but literally that's all I did. And I was really lucky that like I had a re- like my best mate, Amber, was played alongside me at Wolves as well for all those years. But we actually went to school together all the way through as well. So, you know, I'd go around Amber's every Tuesday before training and then she'd come to mine on a Thursday and we'd just play football up until training. We'd play head like headers and you know, play between goal like jumpers on the floor in the back garden and trying to score against each other and just like things like that really that, you know, we were from a very young age, we were just playing football all the time and then you know, when, when you can, you you know, and when it's later at night, I guess that's when I was watching it and and it, and enjoyed that as much as well, really. And at what point was playing football becoming not just something that you did recreationally, be that with your brother and his friends or at school, but actually started to become something that was actually quite very serious for you? I think when I, when I got into the Wolves um, setup, so when I went along to the champion coaching and just, it was an eye-opener really to see the amount of, you know, girls that were that were playing and how good other other players were as well. And that really, like, motivates you and you form friendships of um, girls that, that play football and got similar interests to you. So, you know, I think when I got into the Wolves, Wolves setup, that was when it really you know, became a big part of my life and, um, you know, I was always, always wanting to go training. I was dedicated. I loved it really and didn't think of it as being anything different. Prior to that, I'd gone to like, I'd done dancing and I'd been to athletics club every Tuesday, Thursday night and then something about football that, you know, I just, it just got me and I've, you know, I've never looked back since. And as anyone that knows you will know, your association with Wolves is what it's been lifelong, hasn't it? So talk me through what the beginning of that relationship was like. It was a similar time to when my dad had started taking me up the Wolves. Um, So when I was eight, I can remember going to the first game at Molyneux, actually. So, you know, playing for the club that I'm watching the men's team for was just, you know, as you can imagine, unbelievable. and also, you know, there weren't that there weren't other girls' teams. If I if I wanted to go and play for a girls' team, I'd have had to have gone to West Brom or Aston Villa or Birmingham. So, you know, Wolves was my my home team, and it was um, from from the start. It just felt like you know, it felt right. It felt like a big family there, and it was back then, you know. Um, players parents run the teams in some of the age groups and it you know it, it, it was like a a family a family kind of atmosphere from the start and something that's tremendously intertwined 
with Wolves in this football journey of yours has been the 20 plus years association that you've had with the Thomas Telford School, which by all accounts is the number one comprehensive school in the country. Not that you'll be bragging, of course. Uh, You're also a teacher there, which we'll come on to in a bit. But firstly, you were a pupil there. And from what I've read about the school and also what you've told me about it before the show, is that sport is of an equal importance at the school in terms of the philosophy of student development. So just tell me a bit about your experiences of that and how you think that's held you in such good stead for your consequent career. I was really lucky to get in at Thomas Telford and growing up I was always told you know you need to go to the girls high school in Wolverhampton and I took the test and I got in there but there's something about Thomas Telford I went to look round it only been opened a couple of years but the ethos of the place how into sport it was and what we were told when we went on the open day I just knew it was it was for me so yeah when I went there it was um, sport like you say was at the forefront of, of everything really like don't get me wrong um, we had to work really hard in lessons get our heads down but you were rewarded with the opportunity that we got with sport so the PE teachers that that taught me they'd give up a lot of their time after school clubs every night um, in all different sports which I was just keen I'd do any sport when I was when I was at school so yeah so it was you know it was a massive influence and really grateful really that I went there and the opportunity that it gave me in terms of of playing not not just football because you know if you've looked at you know football is one of the main sports there and they do really push that but all the sports really hockey basketball netball tennis rounders I, I loved all of them and I was given the opportunity to play. So did none of those other sports really catch your eye in the same way as football had done? I played netball and basketball a lot. Um, I, I played basketball a lot at school, probably as much as I played my football, to be honest. So I was really busy. I'd be footballing Tuesday, Thursdays. And then, you know, after school, I'd be staying and playing basketball. And I played for the for Shropshire County and, and West Midlands at, at basketball up until I left um, sixth form, up until I was 18. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I loved I loved basketball as well. And the same with netball. Didn't quite play as much as that. I played, for, represented the school, but I have played netball, like, in my 20s, into my 30s, you know, recently. I, it's a sport that I have carried on playing and I really enjoy where the basketball one's been harder to kind of get back into due to there being not really time and and clubs that I could go to really um, with obviously having to play my football. So, um, yeah, I I, I was really lucky that I got the opportunity to play different sports and have been able to compete in those as well. But as you said, football was your first love really. And that was really cemented when you became captain of the football team at school. And... Again, captaining the school team, going on to Captain Wolves, you've clearly been viewed throughout your life and career as a leader. But was that something that you've always felt has come naturally to you? Yeah, I'd say potentially it it was natural. I don't really feel that I've never really worked on my leadership skills as such. Um, I've just always loved being around people. I've always loved encouraging people, making people feel good, you know, trying to create environments that everyone involved is, is is enjoying um and striving to to do their best and yeah so i suppose yeah from from a young age i really enjoyed 
being that person to you know help motivate the team um, in, in the different sports that I was captain for at school and yeah like I said I was really lucky then to be able to use those skills that I'd obviously developed at school when when I was given the armband at Wolves. And the captain's armband to me at least suggests that you weren't only a good fit for leader but also that you were doing something right on the pitch so if we go back to Wolves, making that step up to the reserves and then the first team a year earlier than perhaps you were expecting, was that already starting to convince you that you were actually pretty good at football? Yeah, we had a really good group um, that year, group that under-16s um, team at Wolves. There was Jen Anslow, Amber Quick, um, Naomi Bruton, who went on to play for Aston Villa in goal. So when they moved us up as a, as a group of five a year early... You know, we were really grateful, really. So, and I think at the time, the first team was, you know, we, it was really strong. We were playing in the second tier of, of, of the female game. And my first season of moving up was, it was between us and Birmingham at the top of the table and who was going to go on and win it. So it just naturally happened. I've been at the club since I was so young. Um, I've, you know, never missed training. I was always there, always looking to improve taking on board advice and then when we were asked to move up a year early to you know get even better and improve as a as a as a group of a small little group it was it was a privilege so yeah it, you know it was uh it was great and it it was just an eye opener moving up to the first team at that age at the time you know we had Dennis Mortimer was the manager and um, Terry Unit um, Rachel Unit who played for England her dad was the assistant the players that we had at the time, um, you know, we had England players because back then there wasn't the Super League, there was just the Premier Division and we were in the Northern, so we were in the second tier. So there was England players, um, internationals amongst, you know, tier one and two at the time. So when we moved up and, the, we, you know, we we're playing alongside England girls, you know, training with them and then getting the opportunity to, to play on a Sunday at times, you know, sometimes starting, sometimes going on as a sub. It was, you know, really, it really showed the standard of, of what you can get to. And it was, I learned a lot from it, to be honest. Well, tell me what it was like being surrounded by such big names, such as Dennis Mortimer, as you mentioned, a European Cup winner with Aston Villa, of course. Even figures from the women's game like Emily Westwood, Sally Lacey, for example. Does having those characters around you cause you to raise your own game? Yeah, it, it, well, it shows you the level you can get to. Uh, they're older than me, obviously. I was only 15. Um, and I'll be, I'll be honest, if I was, you know, I was, I was nervous when, when we always joke, the little, the little group of us that, that went up early, we always laugh about when the manager, Dennis, would send us for a warm-up and we'd be that nervous to go on because of, you know, the, the level of the the level of the, maybe the game that it was at, the, the the fact that we were pushing to get promotion to the top tier, you know, you'd you'd spend a little bit longer to get to get warm up because you'd be that nervous about actually getting on there. So, you know, I'd be be lying if I said it wasn't intimidating. But at the same time, you know, it it really brought brought me on as a not only as a player but as a person um, because I knew what level I had to get to. I was only 15, I wasn't there yet, you know, nowhere near, uh, but it did show, you know, what what I had to do, how I needed to improve. And yeah, it was it was it was a great experience. Training was 
was of high quality. You know, the the standard of the sessions, obviously with Dennis being an ex-professional footballer, he um, he delivered amazing sessions. I learned a lot from him. Just like the basics, really, that probably, you know, you, you haven't done it at, at, at like maybe childhood football as such, like when you do make that step up, like going ahead of the ball if you're playing centre in the midfield and just things like that. He'd, he'd teach you to, you know, positional, more positional sense, I guess. But yeah, really lucky that I got the experience of that at, at a young age. And what were your emotions like when you did eventually make your debut for Wolves? Yeah, it was a long time ago now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, obviously, re- when when I got asked to go on, it was against Aston Villa. It was in the FA Cup, and it was, it was only being five minutes after half time. It was uh, it was quite early on into the second half, and I was going on in the middle. Um, with Sally Lacey playing in there and like I said some of the names Emily Westwood and you knew you're going on to a derby game as well in a, in a, in a cup the FA Cup um, you can imagine that. I was I was nervous really nervous but you know went on there really enjoyed it learned learned from it um, and then you know just a a great a great experience really to to then kick on and work hard going forward and something that really did dominate your formative years in the first team was the Birmingham Wolves rivalry culminating in the Blues pipping you to league victory and of course to promotion but even though missing out on making that step up was negative for the club obviously the consequences of that being that some of the bigger players some of the names that we've perhaps mentioned already they were moving on, which meant that players like you and some of the other players that were coming through the ranks were then able to be pushed into the first team on a more regular basis, and again, perhaps more regularly than you'd been expecting. So in a roundabout way, do you credit that failure to get promotion for the successes and the longevity that you individually have been able to enjoy throughout your career? I guess, you know, if... If we had, so if we'd have beaten Birmingham that that evening when that first year in the first team surrounded and we ended up getting promoted, then who knows what would have happened to the club? Um, and you know, it's hard to kind of say in terms of um, the impact. I wouldn't, you know, missing out on promotion. I can't say is ever a positive, even though I was only fifteen. I'd, you know. I was as gutted as anyone that Birmingham went and won the league and we finished second. But I wasn't an integral player at all. I'd just moved up to senior football. So, um, you know, I I hadn't played a lot that season. It was more about getting the experience. So, you know, for me, it didn't... um, It didn't hurt as much as, like, other seasons when we've missed out on winning and and getting promoted etc because I was so young and I didn't really realise at the time like the impact of Blues getting promoted over us and what it would have but like you say with players having to move on because wanting to play at the, at the top level it did make way for some of the younger girls which um, you know yeah like you say things could have been a lot different um, but I can't say it was a positive that we didn't go up because <laughs> that's just not me you know I just want to win and get the club to the highest level it can be but it definitely opened up opportunity um, the following year and the seasons after that. And during that period you were I guess touring and throwing between the reserves and the first team and I get the feeling that 
even though you had been in the first team and you'd been called up on a number of occasions, you still felt like you needed to prove yourself a bit? Yeah, you know, it it was managed really well. Um, And, I'd, you know, I always stress to some of the younger girls now um, at Wolves and at school that I come across that are playing at different clubs, going down, playing in the reserves, getting your minutes, getting your confidence, learning how to play, you know, senior football, even, you know, reserves level. It's, you know, it's priceless. You know, it's going sitting on the bench for the first team every week getting 15, 20 minutes when the manager can get you on isn't doing anyone any good. Um, so it, I loved my time playing in the reserves as as I did when I got my chance to go on and play in the first team, whether that was starting or going on as a substitute. But movement between the two teams um, really helped and really, you know, at the age of 16, 17, 18, I think it was definitely what I needed. And... We had a really good good group of, of girls that were similar age to myself that we were in a similar boat because we weren't quite ready, quite, weren't quite strong enough to to like um, cement a place in that first team, which you're not going to be at that age. But then in the reserves, it, it allowed you to, you know, those strengths and the physicality that maybe was missing um, and then um, take the king that forward. And what was your relationship with the reserve team manager, Reg Warmer, like during that time? Oh, yeah, we were so lucky to have Reg Warmer and um, we had another manager, Terry Emery, as well. Um, from the moment we moved up when we were 15, the two, the two of them really took, took us under their wing because they knew, you know, the environment was, was tough. There was good players there. Um, you know, we needed that kind of father figure really that we're going to look after us because you know Terry unit and Dennis they had a job to do with the first team so they couldn't pamper to the youngsters but you know Reg was you know an incredible man and likewise with with, with Bema and Terry yeah he, he got some funny stories you know Reg Warmer, he had a really strong, he's a massive West Brom fan, always wore shorts, never wore trousers throughout the, throughout the winter. He had um, like a grey permed hair, he always had his aftershave on. He was just an absolute legend and he'd, um, he'd, he'd say like, you're like daughters to we and he was, you know, he's, we had some laughs with him. He was brilliant and, uh, you know, on away games he'd send us in to McDonald's after after a game and he'd give us all a pound each to go and get uh, something off like the pound saver menu at the time so you know he was he was such a such an incredible man and he really really influenced a lot of a lot of the players that well all all of the reserves we all loved him um, and it obviously so sad when when he passed away you know at, at such a young age um, yeah, so yeah, he had a massive impact on, on myself and, and other players that, that have gone and progressed through as we've got older. And did that make it all the more difficult, that relationship that you'd had with your coaches and with your teammates when you eventually moved on to university? Yeah, I think obviously I, I knew in my mind I wanted to be a PE teacher from quite a young age. I loved sport, loved playing lots of different sports. My, the PE teachers I had really inspired me. And it was definitely the profession I wanted to go into. So I knew I'd have to go off to university. 
So at one point I was going to go to Birmingham, which would have obviously helped and I'd have obviously just been able to stay at Wolves. But um, the course I, I decided to go on was up in Sheffield. So my first year, um, you know, I, was, I think I was a bit in denial. I was still wanting to play for Wolves. So I'd be, I went up to university and was travelling back three times a week from Sheffield to play for, for, for Wolves. So, um, you know, I had a little Ford Fiesta. It only had four gears and... It would literally rattle down the motorway because it couldn't go any faster than 16 miles an hour and get it four. So, um, yeah, that first season, it was tough. And, I, you know, I was getting in, I was only 18 and I was travelling back and forth in, you know, getting in late every Tuesday, Thursday nights and Sundays. I was having to come back from Sheffield every Sunday. So I think I had to make a decision in my second year to just dual sign with a club up in Sheffield and otherwise, you know, the goal of me getting my degree so I could be a teacher was going to be difficult. So for that second season, um, I dual signed. So at that time, you could still sign for two, two clubs as long as they were in different divisions. So I dual signed for a club called Chesterfield, well, Chesterfield um, for a season, which, um, again, absolutely loved it you know great great club again very family orientated like a family feel I mean to that really like everyone was really friendly uh, made me feel really welcome um, and yeah really enjoyed it and I think it was you know I'd been playing first team and reserves back at Wolves um, between the two teams and then going up to Chesterfield for that season they were playing in the tier three at the time so it was a league below what our first team were playing in so looking back it was you know it was a natural kind of progression really to play at that level at being 18 and getting lots of experience of just playing first team football week in week out um, which obviously being back at Wolves I was yo-yoing between the two really so really grateful for the opportunity to play at Chesterfield and it was nice because a lot of the university girls who I played with for uni and we had a very strong team at uni played for Chesterfield as well so that was always nice to obviously you know know someone when you go along and settle in um, so yeah that was a I had a great great season and really enjoyed it there so many questions branching off what you've just said there but we'll start with what you were saying at the beginning about having that long commute to and from Sheffield when you were going back to Wolves. That must have taken up a lot of your time, all that moving around and obviously being in Wolverhampton and then going back to Sheffield again. But was that for you just part and parcel of becoming a footballer and having to make those sacrifices? Well, being at Wolves since I was eight years of age, you know, I didn't want to not play for Wolves. Um, it was everything to me at the time, you know, and I think I just did, I just did it. I just, you know, I was desperate to to still play for Wolves and I I just I didn't really think about it at the time it was just part of it you know I'd get in my car at five o'clock travel back for seven o'clock training and then return back after training at half nine and get back to Sheffield for you know half eleven twelve o'clock and then do the same on the Thursday night and then back on the Sunday so you know that first year of being at uni it was um was tough going but I didn't really didn't didn't think anything negative of it. I'm, I'm still loving, loving my football. Still enjoying, obviously, being part of Wolves. But it was just money as well, taking up a lot of uh, at university. Don't have a, you know, don't have a lot of money because obviously, wasn't really working. Um, so yeah, I just had to make that decision after the first year that 
I needed to have a, a year of, of staying up in Sheffield so I could get my, my degree. And tell me about that year that you spent playing for Chesterfield and how was your experience there different to that at Wolves? I'd say there was less pressure there because maybe because it wasn't Wolves and Wolves had meant, meant so much to me. Yeah, looking back, I haven't really thought about it, but maybe it was because the pre- there was less pressure. Um, like I said, being being in tier three and our first team being being in tier two, it was a great stepping stone from me yo-yoing between the first team and the and the reserves for the previous seasons. It was now the opportunity for me to kind of establish myself as a first team player, but at the level that probably reflected where I needed to be at at 18 years of age. So playing week in, week out, uh, you know, for Chesterfield's first team. But the environment there was was brilliant. The girls were fantastic. The staff couldn't do any, any more for you. And it was very, you know, very friendly. I'd say it was the most friendliest kind of setup of experience, really. Um, but, you know, I, I did find that up north anyway when I was in Sheffield. You know, everyone was so friendly and welcoming and it was the same when I was at Chesterfield. Well clearly everybody at Chesterfield was taken with you as well because you entered your only season at the club with the hat-trick of players player, managers player and supporters player. Were you aware of just how good a season you'd had until you got those accolades? Not at all. (laughs) We had some great players who you know, worked really hard and with Chesterfield through and through as well. So when I got those three awards at the at the evening, I was, God, it was so embarrassed. I was really embarrassed. Not- Why was it embarrassing? Well, I don't know. I just, I, I just found it, like, I was overwhelmed, really. And, you know, really grateful that they'd, they'd given me those awards, you know, the supporters and the, and the manager and the players. Um, but, you know, being someone that, hadn't grown up at Chesterfield and had always been at Wolves and then coming into the club and then, I don't know, maybe looking back, I probably felt for the girls that had been there for a long time and, you know, but, you know, obviously I was so grateful for, for, for getting those awards and, but I didn't, didn't realise really at the time that, that I was going to end up with those at the end of the season. But it was absolutely incredible. But do you think, to a certain extent, that it was demonstrative of a golfing class, perhaps, between Wolves and Chesterfield, that one of the more up-and-coming players at Wolves could come to Chesterfield and clean up at the awards? Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'll be honest. Um, I I don't know what it was. I I just I just went there. I really enjoyed my football there, um, and playing for the university as well. I was you know, developing my confidence playing at university level because we're playing in the top top league there as well. So maybe, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't know what it was. I just, um, I just gave it my all and really enjoyed it. And obviously it, it worked and I don't know, if I, I'll be honest, I'm not, not quite sure how, how it happened really. <laughs> well, coming back to Wolves then, was it a different club to the one that you'd left? Because although a year in and of itself doesn't seem like a long time, as we know in football, a lot can happen in one year. So had any aspects of the club altered in any way during that time away? Well, I'd been dual signed, so I was still I was still in contact with Wolves. You know, it was uh, it was just the fact I was up in Sheffield. So 
you know, I wouldn't say the club had changed. Um, unfortunately, they'd got relegated. So for the first time, um, they'd gone from tier two into tier three um, while I was away. So I, but I've, I wasn't there to experience that. So that was obviously a, a real donor for the club and obviously um, not good. Um, so when I went back, they'd had a, a new manager had come in um, following the relegation. So, yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I hadn't been long away, you know, as such. Like, I still kept in touch with all the girls. When You know, so when I did go back, it did just feel like going back home, going back to Wolves from obviously being at university. So, yeah, but the only change was they had, unfortunately, got relegated into Tier 3. And on that point, going into the division that you'd just been playing in with Chesterfield, of course. So... Did you feel almost that you had a bit of an advantage over your teammates going into that season because you were aware of the level of competition at that level that maybe some of them had underestimated slightly? Yeah, I'd definitely say I did feel that kind of vibe when I went back to Wolves that, you know, we'll bounce straight back up. That was kind of, you know, the the, the manager, Dave Ball, who came in, he'd been the reserve team manager prior to that. So he'd been around the club. But the players' management, I think... They had, they'd never been in Tier 3, so I think they didn't realise actually the standard of Tier 3 is still decent. It's still good, you know, there's some very good players that, that were playing at that level still. So when I went back, I definitely, you know, I, I, I would, I'd say to some of the girls, you know, there's going to be some very tough games. It's not going to be a walk in the park. And, you know, I think because we were Wolves, because we'd been in Tier 2 for so long, I think, you know, you can't help but think that you are just going to bounce straight back up. But in reality, when you're actually, when you've actually played in that division and seen the standard, you know, you can see that, you know, it it was an excellent standard still. And there were some fantastic players and, like I said, some fantastic clubs. So it wasn't going to be as easy as, as, as everyone thought. And you've spoken so fondly about the management team that was in place at that time with Dave Bull and his assistant Darren Turner. What was it about their coaching and their managerial style that you liked so much? Um, I think it was probably the environment that they created really in terms of um, the group of players that were that were there at the time was a, made a massive impact. We all got on really well. Um, there's no clicks. Not that Wolves has ever been a clicky place. Um, you know, we, we're there to play football, and and it, you know that's that. You know, everyone gets on with everyone, and that's how we've always wanted it to be. And you know, when I I think when I returned back from university, it was just nice to kind of be back at Wolves, and you know, with Dave as a manager, Dave was very much about getting keeping everyone on side and you know, creating that positive environment and again would do his do do his all for the for the club and for the for the first team alongside his assistant Darren who um, was a top guy. He'd support Dave, he'd again um get round the girls, make sure that the environment was right, was friendly, was you know, because at the end of the day we were giving up time there weren't many incentives back then. We were paying to play and we'd, we'd just been relegated into Tier 3. So, you know, it was all doom and gloom. And again, lost players that had been in the, the team that had, had, 
had gone down, they moved on to other other clubs. So it was like starting again. So when I did come back after that, it was uh, you know it was fre- it felt fresh, new girls coming in, and we all we all got on really well. So in the years that followed, then as we know, Wolves were doing a bit of a yo-yo, going up, going down, going back up again. That inability to make that extra step forward, to either survive in that higher league or even to try and push to get another promotion, did that ever make you question your future at any point? No, well, you know, I was I was walls through and through, and I'm you know I'm a strong believer that you know if, if I'm part of a team, part of a squad that that has got relegated, then I've got to make sure I stay there and get the club back to where it should be. And you know, I know. That's not always the case with other players, and that's that's absolutely fine. And I, I totally understand that people want to play at the highest level that they can. But no, it was never, you know, I, I never wanted to leave Wolves. There was opportunity, you know, I'd be lying. There was opportunities where I could have, I could have gone, but it just didn't. It just wasn't the right thing for me. I just, you know, Wolves was my home club. It had given me so much since I was young. And for me, going off to another club because potentially we might have gone down or because we weren't doing as well in the in the northern premise we like just just wasn't me, and I just wanted to make sure that I was doing my bit and getting the team through the through the seasons to ensure that we we could put what might have might have gone wrong right so no never never wanted to leave Wolves. And any feelings you had towards staying at Wolves must surely have been strengthened by having the captain's armband. Yeah, yeah, obviously being captain as well, you you know, you feel like you've got a responsibility. I, I was a leader, I was, you know, well, I still am, like, that's, that, it was my, when, we, when we'd get relegated, it, it was my job to make sure that we rebuilt and push on the following season to make sure that we got back up or if we just survived relegation in the Northern Prem one season which which happened a couple of times it was to make sure that we regrouped got players in and um, tried to strengthen for the next season it wasn't wipe the towel on it and off I go but I'd never have done that being the yeah I guess being the captain gave you that extra responsibility as well but even if I wasn't the captain it, that that really wouldn't have influenced anything you know Wolves was captain or or not no no captaincy you know Wolves is is a club I've been at since I was young I love it there and I'd have I'd do anything for the club. So leaving Wolves obviously out of the equation but did you ever or even looking back now feel like you were at least good enough to have made that step up? Um, It's a difficult one really Uh, yeah there was one point, you know, probably my mid twenties when you're in your, you know, your, your prime, aren't you? I guess there was, you know, a, an opportunity that I could have gone on and played in the in the tier above, um, but it, you know, it just it, I just didn't want to do it, and I felt that if I want to play in that at that level, then I need to do it with Wolves, and we need to get Wolves to that level. Uh, that's how I felt, um, really. So. No, I never felt I was better than anyone else. You know, there was great players within within the team. And, you know, I know from, you know, being involved in the game so long, teams are always after players to strengthen their teams. It's not necessarily that they want you to go and set the world alight there. They they want to strengthen, they want to build stronger squads. So, you know, leaving Wolves for me, it, it just wasn't wasn't an option. And I didn't want to take that opportunity, really. 
And it seems that your colours were being nailed to that wolf's mast ever more when you then became Steve Cullis' assistant manager, as well as also carrying on being a player. How did that come about? And was that something you were always open to? So um, what happened under under Trevor, un- un- unfortunately, we, we went down from the Northern Premiers and Steve Cullis then got the, got the management post for the following season. But at the time... He hadn't, Steve had done a lot of coaching, but he hadn't been involved in the women's game as such. He'd done a lot of the, the younger age groups and been involved with the Wolves Foundation. So I got on really well with Laura Milburn, who run the women and girls setup. She was in charge and they interviewed for, for the job and Steve was one of obviously the interviewees. And I think they knew that he'd be able to deliver management wise in terms of like the coaching but potentially might just need a bit of help in terms of like the communication side of things and just that go-to really between the players and the management because it was all new to him and it's a big job taking on the Wolves job you know I was, I was honoured to be asked to, to be the assistant but it it didn't involve any footballing decisions or anything like that I, I literally was just kind of a glorified captain I'd say like I'd just communicate with Steve what how I felt as a, as a player and how the girls felt and you know I just kind of took on that role and, and supported Steve in his first year of of his management of the side um, but I didn't do any of like the team like team talks or um, picking the team or you know debriefs or anything like that that was very much left to Steve and the coaching staff I just supported him on, you know, maybe putting on some training sessions if Steve was away. Um, and like I said, the communication side of things and just checking everyone was OK. But yeah, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed working with Steve. And obviously Steve's now gone on to get his like, UA for A and he's, he's in charge of the whole girls and women's setup at Wolves. So he's doing fantastically well. And on that note of the footballing decisions being taken solely by Steve, was that on your part better because that, awkwardness perhaps might have been there with some of the other players thinking that maybe you're getting some favoritism from the manager being his number two that was removed by the fact that you were just helping out more on the coaching side than actually when it came to the real decision making which was left to Steve yeah exactly that it just did not sit with sit right with me the fact that I would be involved in talking about team selection and that and picking myself to play I just it makes me cringe it was it's just not me and I just to be honest, we never. It was never an area that we even discussed that I would or wouldn't do. We, I just, we just didn't. It just didn't. It wasn't like that. I'd, I'd just be a player really when it, when I turned up on match day, and you know Steve and because it wasn't just Steve. He still had his coaching team with him. You know, with Roy Williams who's still there now and Malk the physio. So he still had people to bounce ideas off. Um, but for me, it, you know, I, I agreed to do to help him as his assistant but I just it just wasn't wasn't for me to to be picking the team and you know it's just uh, that didn't never sit sit would sit right with me so I just left all all of that to Steve. (laughs) Coming back to your playing career then certainly in the last few years you've enjoyed some incredible moments like county cup victories leading your team into battle in some grueling and well-fought league matches I don't want to just sit here and cite any specifics because I wouldn't want to do any of them an injustice. But for you, which have been the biggest moments that you remember most fondly? 
biggest moments we've had you know some great games against West Brom you know when being a massive Wolves fan myself um you know I love love the games against West Brom um you just something about them um so I've had some great games over the years against West Brom um one of the one of the cup games where it's gone into extra time midweek and I've scored in extra time to take us through to the final that was a that was a special special night um that was like the last time that we've reached the county cup final as well against Birmingham so you know that was that was really special um and then you know having the opportunity to play at some of the games um, the ground sorry that we have so like we played at MK Dons and won on penalties in the FA Cup. So playing at that stadium was unbelievable. We've, you know, I've played at um, Newcastle's ground when I was at university, uh, which was, was special as well. And playing at the Molyneux when I was, well, 15, 16 years of age, you know, the team playing there. But, um, yeah, some standout games um, of when we've, you know, clinched promotion and... Like I say, cup, cup games where you know it's gone into extra time. We've gone on and won. Um, they've they've really stood out. And if there's any season that's been the epitome of Zenith and Nadia, it was the 16-17 season where you, as captain, won the league, but also suffered a disastrous injury. So just talk me through that season from your perspective. Yeah, so 2016-17, um, Tim Dudding came in. So Steve Cullis had, had stepped down and, and Tim came to be our manager in like the October time. So we'd had a few games under Steve. Yeah, great group of girls, I'd say, for that season. Like, we all had the same mentality, desperate to win the league. Um, we were a close-knit group. We had ex- we had a mixture, we had experience, we had some younger players. We had that kind of fightiness when... You know, to turn things round if things weren't going our way, we you know we mucked in, pulled our socks off, and it was, you know, it was it was a tough season. Um, we had some really tough games that year, but that that season definitely stands out in terms of, like you say, positively and negatively. Obviously, to go and actually win the league um, was was fantastic to get the club back in the Northern Premier after after two two seasons in in division 1 so yeah it was it was a special season but like you said negatively unfortunately i um, the penultimate game against Loughborough so it was a thursday night it was in may i can remember may the 10th and um we had to beat Loughborough because it was tight that season within the league we we weren't running away with it like we have this year it was a tight league we had to beat Loughborough on the thursday night going into Leicester on the Sunday to to win the league so we had to win both the games to go on and be crown champions so we were 3-0 up against Loughborough and it was um, I went in for a, I went in for like a 50-50 like shoulder barge really with with one of their defenders I was playing midfield at the time and um, I, I fell awkwardly and, and and crap well at the time didn't know but I, I ended up breaking my collarbone that night so um, about 70 minutes in, so we won the game 3-0. I went up, off up to hospital in my kit because I knew something wasn't right. I had to come off, which I never, you know, I'd never do. So I came off, went up to hospital and uh, got it x-rayed. And the, I was telling the doctor the situation, you know, on Sunday, if we win, we win the league. I'm in there in my Wolves kit. And he, I think he felt sorry for me, so I don't think he looked at the x-ray too too well and told me that I've 
don't worry, take your sling off, it, it's muscular and, and off you go. And I was, you know, obviously definitely the news I wanted to hear, but it wasn't the right news that I was given. So off I went, um, thought, my God, if this is muscular, it's I've never felt anything like this before. It was so different to anything I'd had. And went to work the next day. Mum took me, bless her, because couldn't drive. And uh, as I got out of the car, I heard a crack and... Again, didn't I was in a lot of pain, but didn't really know what was what it was. So I went into school. I'd now got a big lump on my collarbone where the bone had had snapped, and went off to London that night because I'd I was going to a a concert with my husband that he'd been waiting all year for. So we went. I was in so much pain, couldn't really move, <laughs> but off we went. And then I just had to go back to A and E the next day when I got back and had another x-ray and it was completely different and what had happened is they'd missed a crack on the Thursday night and the crack had then broken on the Friday and like my collarbone was obviously now in two so um, that hence why I had the, the lump and it ruled me out of the game on the Sunday so come the Sunday obviously going into the Leicester game we had to had to win to, to win the league and you know it was obviously that the the best moment of the season for, for for us as a team and the club but it was also like a really you know really good it was sad for me well not sad that's but I was just just disappointing to not be part of it and and, and captain the girls that day after you know being um, being being there all season being the captain playing every game and then injuring myself the last but one game on you know 70 minutes towards it towards the end of the game so you know the celebrations of champagne going off with everyone jumping on each other I was just in I was in agony I couldn't really I went I still made sure I went to watch but I mean I couldn't I couldn't really move very well so <laughs> just had to kind of walk very slowly and congratulate everyone and yeah, so it was it it was uh, one of my negative experience really because as much as I was like overjoyed for the club and you know as much as everyone was saying you know you've played a massive part you still you want to play in that final game that wins you that league when it's been so tight all season and for it to to happen when it did uh, was was really hard but I was so happy for the t for the team obviously and the club and. You know, it motivated me to make sure I got myself fit, ready for the new season in the in the league above. But it was just a shame that I didn't get to experience that kind of that kind of cup final feeling of winning the game and and winning the league. And did you feel that personal disappointment was heightened because you were captain and you, if anyone, would be the one having to paint the smile on the face and give the girls a pat on the back and a shake of the hand? Yeah, like the girls don't like the girls are fantastic with me. Like they were, you know, they made me feel still so part of it. You know, that day that we won it on the team photos and everything. You know, I was there with my sling and my, you know, my tracksuit on, and you know, I, they couldn't have done any more, and the management couldn't have done it any more. It was, you know, but you know, like you say, that personal kind of disappointment of not being on the pitch, not playing when you've played all all year. And it is the game you want to be playing in. Um, was just really tough. Was really hard to take. And like I said, we were such a close knit group. The girls, you know, some of my best, a couple of my best mates were were playing. Um, and it was it was just it was just a, a sad situation really that it, it happened to be 
um, the penultimate game that, that I got injured and I missed out on it. Well, let's come to the present day now. And by all accounts, it seems like you're enjoying your football at Wolves more than ever. Oh, yeah. The, the club the last few years has been fantastic. Um, a fantastic place to be at. Since Fosun have taken over, you know, that that's helped a lot in terms of the support that the club are now, are now giving us. Um, but also with with Dan McNamara coming in, um, and the staff that that are there, you know, the standard of um, the training, the professionalism, the setup there, it it come it, it it's the best it's been for me in all the time that I've been at the club. Um, and you know, I'll put that down to a lot that goes on behind the scenes with Steve Cullis working hard, and you know his staff in terms of organising training venues, kit launch events that we've been invited to now, dinners, award ceremonies, the fact that we don't have to pay to play anymore, the fact we're training at the Wolves Men's Training Ground, all of those things that are happening behind the scenes, it obviously makes such a such an impact in comparison to some of the seasons when I've been at the club. You know, like the training kit, we all have the same the training kit, the same as the men now. Which that you know, there's some seasons where we didn't even have a training kit, um, so the the comparison is, you know, unbelievable. And then you know, in terms of actually training and on the pitch, what Dan McNamara has done at the club the last two and a half seasons, he's 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 transformed it really the the professional side of it, um, the expectation. You know, people don't miss training now. You you know you're there Tuesday Thursday gym session on a Friday, um, we play you know we we meet at 10 a.m. for breakfast on a Sunday at home games ready for the afternoon games and we've all prepared right yeah there's a lot more a lot more time that we give up for it that's what I would say you know it is a it's a massive part of of all of our lives players and staff you know it takes up. You know, we sit seven till ten. We train now three hours twice a week, and then a gym session on a Friday, and like I said, the the Sunday as well. So you know, the time that goes in, and um, you know, Dan's just really pushed for the best for us, um, alongside what Steve's doing as well. And I'm sure Dan's been in his ear many a time um, as well, and to you know, to make sure that we are given. You know what we deserve, because you know at the end of the day we we all work, we work full time. We've got girls that are at university, girls that are still at school doing their A levels, and you know we, we it's now got to a point where we're getting the opportunities of training at, at the best venues, being given the best training kit, um, not having to pay to play, which I think we deserved. You know we've having full time jobs and playing for the love of it and you know if even if you said to everyone now we all had to pay our 250 pound that we used to have to pay we'd still do it because we love the club and we love playing for for walls and and that's what we're in it for but just to have that kind of support now from the club um, just shows the direction that that the club is going with going in sorry alongside you know what what Dan McNamara has done and and the staff that he has with him and how hard they work. And you've just spoken about how you get to train at the Sir Jack Hayward training ground, just like the men do. And you've got the same training kit as them. You're also part of the kit launches with them. Both the men's and the women's teams are, at least to my mind, being involved in the club in equal measures. Does that parity indicate to you 
how highly the Wolves hierarchy value the women's game? I really think it, it does, yeah. I think, you know, we've all seen how big the women's game's getting. Um, I think England have really helped that as, a, as an international side in terms of how well they've done it at competitions. It's really raised the profile of the game and the amount of girls that are playing football. And I think the benefits now of, of having a professional women's set-up um, playing at the top level is definitely more appealing for the men's clubs. So, you know, like I say, over my time, we have had to pay to play. We haven't trained. You know, we haven't got near the Wolves men's training ground. We haven't had training kit provided. But, you know, things have, have definitely changed and we're so thankful for that and what Wolves do for us, you know. Not getting promoted last season could have been really detrimental if we were relying on, you know, sponsors, etc. But... You know, being supported by Wolves, that we can just continue what we did last season in terms of the training, the standard of coaches that they can bring in. We, we are really lucky. And have the recent successes of the men's side, going from the third tier of English football to European football in, what, six years? Has that spurred you on to continue to aspire to achieve? Definitely. You know, I'm a Wolves season ticket holder myself. So, you know, I've been there when we've been in League One. I've been to Peterborough away, I've been to Warsaw away, I've seen us at our worst um, and seeing them improve like they have the last six seasons, like you say, only motivates, like not just me, but motivates the team and the club. There's a there's a feel-good atmosphere around the club because you know how well the, the men are doing and you want to prove that the women can do just as well. So, yeah, it, it's definitely motivated us to to kick on and and get ourselves to the level that Wolves should be at. And as you've mentioned so many times throughout the show, not just the football club, but the city of Wolverhampton means so much to you. And that also feeds into how you as a club raised just shy of £10,000 on a virtual challenge for Compton Care. So tell me how you came to be involved with that. Yeah, so obviously with lockdown coming in and then the news of not getting promoted and the, and the season being void... We, we wanted to give something back, have a new target, you know, something to make sure that we ended the season positively. So a lady called Kate from Compton Care contacted me, actually asking whether I'd help raise the profile of Compton Care through my social media because with COVID, they were struggling to hold fundraisers that they usually did. So she messaged me asking if I could help like raise the profile. So I was like, yeah, of course, I'll do whatever you need. And she was asking if I'd do some videos and put it on my Twitter, etc. So um, I then got in touch with Dan, like Maka, the manager. And um, he was, he was as soon as I, I told him that they'd been in touch, asking us whether any, any of the other girls would help as well. He was like, well, we'll, we'll, we'll do a fundraiser, we'll raise some money and we'll, we'll make sure that we, we give back to Compton Care, you know, a big charity of the city. So, yeah, so from that, Maka, you know, Maka put that together. So we had to ride over five, ride, run, walk or cycle over five thousand miles it was from uh, virtually so from Compton in Wolverhampton to Compton in California that that was a that was a challenge so I think it was 5,319 miles I think and we all had to log our distances so as a club so it wasn't just the first team the the development girls the under 10s 12s 14s 16s we all got on board 
and the staff of all the age groups as well we all got on board and we'd have to track our miles our distances that we did and the target was to get to obviously Compton in California and we were successful we absolutely smashed it and um, yeah we raised we ended up raising £10,000 because um, two of the girls worked for DPD who played for the first team Summer and Dicko and they got a charity prize match so they were able to DPD matched the £5,000 that we raised so we ended up giving £10,000 to Compton Care so you know a charity that's really close to a lot of the girls hearts so yeah it was it, you know it was a really proud moment really to be able to contribute £10,000 to a charity that is so integral in the town and you know I think I'll always be really proud of that that we that we did that as a club. And that is a fantastic achievement. And it strikes me that not just you, but the club as a whole, feel that it's vitally important that you give back to the city and the community that's given you so much. Yeah, definitely. Like some of the videos of like the, the under 10s, under 12s on their bikes, getting the miles in, it, it's just inspirational, like seeing them. And, you know, just to make it just makes you really proud of, of the club and the girls and kind of teaching the younger girls really those those values of making sure that it's not all about just playing football and playing for wolves it's about developing as a person and and making sure that you appreciate what what is going on in in our town and what we can do the influence that wolves women and wolves girls can have on on raising money for those charities that need it and a final word about your relationship with Wolves. And I don't know if you're aware, Anna, of what's on your player profile page on the club's website. There's a picture of you, there's your name, there's your squad number, your position, and then quite randomly, actually, there is a quote from Diogo Jota of the men's team. And it says, I'm very proud to be part of this club's growing process. And although they're not your words, it almost seems quite apt, really, that that's shown on your profile. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I would say. I'm unbelievably proud to to have represented Wolves for as long as I, I have done and, and, and continue to do so. And uh, I just I've always just wanted the best for the for the club, you know, if that's new players coming in, um, to strengthen, it's uh, making sure the environment is is welcoming for new players that that come, um, that everyone gets on. Um, to ensure that you know we're giving Wolves the best chance of of getting to the to the level that you know as a club, particularly like you say, with how well the the men's side are doing and the investment that's gone in from from Fosun, the level that Wolves could actually get to. I'm just immensely proud to to be part of that, and you know, and obviously to be the captain of it as well. It's just even even more so. So yeah, I would say just being part of it, and fingers crossed. You know, we we continue to, to progress and repeat last season. Well, not repeat it, we're going to do even better next season and go on and, and win the league and potentially work our way up the, up, the, up the ladder and get Wolves to the top would be my target. I think we've probably exhausted every single possible avenue talking about Wolves. So let's move on to you and teaching. And as we mentioned earlier, you returned to Thomas Telford School as a PE teacher, where you've now been for 12 years. And you've also become an assistant head of Key Stage. 
And when you were speaking about making that move to university, you said that you knew you wanted to go into teaching. So why was that? And the second part of that question, what was it about Thomas Telford School specifically that made you want to return there? I think the experience I had as a kid going there, you know, was probably at the forefront of being being a PE teacher um, in itself. The work, the hours that the staff put in there and the opportunities that I, would, I was given when I was there um, in PE and sport. And I loved, I loved, I loved sport, I loved PE, um, I loved it when I was at school. And, you know, from a very young age, when I, hit, when I got into secondary school, I knew that that would be what um, I'd, I'd like to go on to do, you know. Um, why Thomas Telford? You know, I, I went back there after living in Sheffield, did my PGCE, and a job came up, um, which they don't come up very often at that school. So it just felt like, you know, it was meant to be, really. Um, so I, obviously, you know, the jobs are hard to come about, and especially in PE, it's very competitive. So I naturally applied for it. And when I got the job, it just felt it felt the right thing to do and t- for me to give back to Thomas Telford and, and girls and boys that that are coming to the school, give give to them what I'd experienced from the PE teachers and, and the staff that, that I'd been lucky to have. And what did both of your roles at the school involve? So, well, being a PE teacher, so obviously I teach across a number of sports. As I've gone on, so the more years I've worked there, obviously I, I do a lot more of the classroom-based stuff, so a lot of the A-level now, the theory side of things the BTEC sport, the GCSE theory, um, I deliver a lot of that. And then I run all the girls' football after school. So, you know, very lucky that, you know, we have some very talented girl footballers at the school. Um, so I've run under 12s up to under 18s uh, and we enter all the national competitions, the county competitions um, in all the age groups. So, you know, it is busy. I, I am on fixtures a lot, um, but, you know, I absolutely love it and it's a great way of, of getting out there after being in the classroom doing a lot of the theory stuff and then my assistant head of key stage came about two years ago so that's more of the pastoral side so if there's any issues any problems with with, with any of the students any of the parents that's where I kind of step in and support and resolve any issues or any problems that that might arise just day to day so it's just a, a additional responsibility to to my PE teaching role. Well you've spoken so fondly about the PE teachers that you had when you were at school and in many respects it seems like that's been a massive influence on why you've now followed the path yourself but and in this day and age especially do you think that it's more important for up-and-coming sportswomen and more pertinently in your case up-and-coming female footballers to have that female role model to show them that actually it can be done and that you can make a career out of this yeah you know I say to to the, the youngsters you know when I was their age there, there wasn't the money in the game you know there wasn't a professional league like we've got now so that you know it's so different um, they really can push on and make money from playing football yeah, they've got to be talented and they've got to be of the standard required for the top level, which, you know, with the amount of girls that are playing now, it, it's it's a difficult task. But I think there's that realism there now that, you know, I, I hear girls in year seven when I'm coaching them and delivering training, like, oh, what do you, you know, miss, I want to be a 
I want to be a professional footballer when I'm older. Like, I would never have said that when I was 11 years of age because that didn't happen, that didn't exist. Um, so things have changed massively. Um, and, you know, little girls now can actually um, aspire to be, you know, a professional in, in, in the women's game, which um, I just think is unbelievable. And, it, you know, I had the motivation to play and train as as much as I did from just loving the game and not even thinking I could make any money from it and you know where now you know imagine that extra motivation that that some of the girls that are extremely talented can can actually go on and and make a living and, and play at the top level in our country not having to go off to America like when I was younger we're in a great great place in terms of of the of the of the game in our country I feel and do you feel like you have some of the attributes that some of your teachers at school had when you consider how you now are as a PE teacher? Um, yeah, you know, I've learned a lot from the PE staff I had and then, you know, getting a job at the school, I, I worked with some of the PE staff that taught me. They were then, you know, the head of the department, for example, and colleagues. So you make your own kind of... you. you you're your own type of teacher. You might, you know, you're not going to copy how another teacher was exactly, but you definitely take attributes that, you know, you were really fond of as a student, and make sure that you adopt those as as, as your own teacher really, and find your own kind of style. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, the influences of the staff I ha- I had as as a kid, and then that I worked with when I did get the job. Um, definitely helped in terms of shaping um, me as, as as a teacher. And evidently, you've thrived off being able to have both a football and a teaching career. Yeah, I've you know I love I love my job. I don't I never dread going to work. Uh, I love love going um, teaching at Thomas Telford, and obviously I've I've loved my football. I've, you know I think the the amount of time that you have to put in now and yet we have for the last well since since I've been there you know you've got to love it otherwise you you know you just wouldn't do it you know it's busy I'd say you know at times it's you know balancing the two training Tuesday Thursdays Fridays and then you've got working from half seven till quarter past five every day which is our school hours at school and then fixtures because we enter national competitions it has you know it is busy, but you do it, don't you? If you if you want to do it, you'll do it. And um, I'm not, you know, I'd be lying if I said I've turned up to training. I'm absolutely knackered from, you know, being at work all day and being on fixtures, etc. But you know, if you want to be there, you'll be there, and you give everything you can when you are there. So yeah, I love love both both sides of of my life. Massive massive part of of me. Well, we are coming on to the quick fire round shortly, but. Before we do, obviously, Anna, you are coming towards the end of your playing career. Not there yet, but it's certainly on the horizon, I should imagine. And having been involved in the game with such prominence for so long, if I were to describe you as a veteran, how would that sit with you? Um, I don't really think of myself as a veteran yet. I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't think... When I do finish playing at Wolves, I don't think I'll go on and play like I know there's vets teams out there. It doesn't doesn't really appeal to me, to be honest. Um, I just want to, you know, play 
play for Wolves at the moment and then just see, you know, see where it goes. And obviously I, I am totally aware that I am coming towards the end of my career. Um, and yeah, I guess I am a veteran of the team, but I don't feel like I'm treated as a veteran, you know. Um, the, you know, we're all, we're all just a Wolves player at the end of the day, whether we're 16 or whether we're 33. You know, we all pull on the shirt. We all want to get three points um, for the team. Doesn't matter your age. It's what you do out there on the pitch, and you know, work hard in training, and just keep pushing yourself until you know it's not good enough anymore. And is retirement something that you're considering yet, or do you still feel like you've maybe got a few more years left in the tank? I just play it by ear, to be honest. Who knows what what's going to happen? Um, you know just take it a season at a time so at the moment you know I've signed for next season and we've got a big task on on our hands to do and that's what I'm I'm that's my mindset I'm just focusing on that for next season so yeah don't don't look too far in advance I could go in for a tackle on Sunday for example and get injured and then I'm retire I'll retire and that's it isn't it you know I think I think if you start looking too far ahead and worrying about retirement and when am I going to do this when I'm going to do that you kind of lose you kind of um like not motivation but like that focus on on the job that we've got to do this season so you know I just I just play it season by season and looking at post retirement whenever that may be you've already had a taste of assistant management so do you think you might go into that or potentially go for the top job at some point, be that at Wolves or somewhere else? What do you think you might see yourself doing? Well, I'm, you know, I haven't really thought about exactly what what I'll do when I retire. Uh, you know, I've been at Wolves for so long. I, you know, Wolves not being part of me will, will, will be massive. You know, I've trained Tuesday, Thursday for 25 years of my life, you know, at Wolves, Bath one season at university but um, I'm doing my UA for B um, coaching badge um, I'm under no illusion how difficult management is um, so I don't I don't see myself as yeah I'm going to finish playing at the end of next season and then I want to be the, the manager of the development team or the or the under 16s etc I'll just just finish playing and then obviously start making um, decisions for what what I want to do, whether that's in management or whether it's, you know, away from football. But I know that obviously I'll always be um, a massive Wolves women, women fan and I'd always um, go and support them, obviously. Whatever happens, that they've been, you know, a massive part of my life. So I know that that will continue for, for the rest of my life, hopefully. And... When I do retire, I hope that we do continue to to get to the the top level and for Wolves to play. I want to see Wolves playing at Super League One and all the girls being professional and and uh, earning a living out the sport. And you know, one of the girls that have joined Wolves when they were nine, being the captain, that would you know that would be unbelievable. So yeah, I haven't. I'll be honest, I haven't even thought about what my coaching or life will. We'll, we'll bring you know there's things to think about of having a family when I finish playing football obviously that's massive all, all, my, all my friends are having babies etc so you know it's something to think about um, but obviously having a baby when you play football it, it would it changes everything doesn't it so I'd um, 
I definitely would have to consider family as well when when I do stop playing. So yeah, it's a difficult one really. I'd just see enjoying my time playing, make the most of being part of the club that that's thriving, that's getting all this support, that's getting lots of help from from the club, and then just face my retirement and my decisions after retirement really. Well, something that again you may not have thought about, but I think feels quite appropriate is that you've described Anne Johnson, who, as you said, was your captain during your early days at Wolves, as being an incredible leader and Wolves through and through. Do you think, Anna, in the year 2020, that that's a pretty apt way to sum you up as well? Yeah, I guess so. You know, I think if you cut me open, I think I'd be Wolves through and through inside, definitely. You know, I absolutely love it, love the club. Um I'm, I appreciate everything that everyone's done for me over the years at the, at the club and, you know, the, the friends that I've made and the staff that I've worked with and the influences they've all had on me. Um, you know, I couldn't have asked for anything more um, and I'll continue to, 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 to make those friendships with new players coming in this season, new staff coming in. You know, for me, it's all about continuing to to build the club and getting the club back to you know the, the highest level um yeah so yeah definitely i'm definitely walls through and through i'm happy to admit that definitely well we obviously know how you feel like you'll remember your career how do you think then that other people will remember you and how would you like other people to remember your career well committed you know i've, I've been at the club since i was so young um like I say, I've said in previous questions, we've we've gone up and down divisions, and you know I've never wanted to leave the club. That level of commitment. Um, I'd like to say that I've always tried to create an environment that that is a, a happy one, a, a, a thriving one, um, making sure everyone's okay, make sure that there's no clicks within the team, make sure that there's. You know, there's always going to be close friendship groups, etc. Um, but just to make sure that it's not an environment that's going to put anyone off coming that would obviously then have a knock-on effect of us potentially not having the best players that that we that we can. Um, yeah, I think like you say, I think people will probably look back and say, you know, bloody hell, how long Anna was out. You know, she's walls through and through, and um, you know, I think. I don't know what, in terms of in my playing career, what they'll actually say, but I think commitment, I'll, you know, I don't think that can be questioned really because I've been there for as long as I have and I, I continue to be as committed now as I, as I was, you know, when I first joined the first team, for example. So, yeah. OK, well, we are going to finish off with our quick fire round. This is going to be a series of simple questions and all they require is a simple answer that you can, of course, offer a justification if you so wish. So the first one then, Anna, tell me the greatest player that you've played with throughout your career. I'd say the best player that I've played with at Wolves would be Emily Westwood when I first got into the first team. You know, she then went on to play for Blues Super League and um, represented England. So she was an unbelievable midfielder, box to the box, both feet, really, really talented and someone that I really looked up to being a couple of years older than myself. And on the reverse of the coin, the greatest player that you've played against? Um, I've played against Kelly Smith. She, she was unbelievable in her day, wasn't she? She played up front. 
Um, so, yeah, I'd say Kelly Smith. OK. And what about the best stadium that you've played at? St James's Park, Newcastle. Um, I played for in a in a tournament, actually, a national tournament when I was at university. And uh, the finals were held at St James's and we won the tournament and then went off to represent England in, in Berlin at the World Cup, um, which was unbelievable. So, yeah, St James's at Newcastle. It was absolutely massive. And what about the best coach or manager that you've played under? I'd say best coach, and I'm not just saying it, but Maka, our current manager's been the best coach, really. Like, obviously, I had Dennis Mortimer at a very young age, but I wasn't really in the first team then, um, you know, week in, week out. But, you know, under Maka, he's, you know, his coaching sessions, are, uh, the intensity is really high. He, he gets everything out of you as much as you know pushes you to your max really and um, his standards are really high so it really pushes the group on. And what would you say was the absolute best moment of your career? Making my debut for the first team. And what about the worst moment of your career? Breaking my collarbone in uh, in that Loughborough game. What about your biggest career regret? Going in for that challenge that broke my collarbone so I didn't play on the Sunday. I just wish I hadn't bothered at 3-0. Final one then. Sum up your career in three words. Three words sum up my career. Long. <laughs> long. Um, oh, God. It's hard. Uh, long. Um, enjoyable. And... Committed, a commi- I've had a committed career to Wolves, yeah, committed. Okay, excellent stuff. Well, Anna Price, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you today. Thank you so much for your time and best of luck for the new season. Thanks so much, Josh. Switch Radio Sport. This is Switch.